things that are on the internet and it's fine. Okay. If there's anything yes. you don't want, you can just so say we're all on the same page. Cut that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let the okay. group cancellation begin. Yes. <laughs> we're uh let's get let's let's get into it. Let's get, let's into, get into the into podcast. It. Okay. Uh Oh, welcome everybody to Second Bananas, the podcast about history's greatest Garfunkels, the clout behind the clout that you didn't know about. I am your host, Joe. I'm another host, Wes. And I'm Craig. That's right. And joining us today, uh, we have a wonderful guest, uh, writer Sam Smart. Say hi, Sam. Hello. Hi. Hey, Sam. Welcome to the pod, Sam. We're glad to have you. Um, so glad. What's your, what's, your, uh, what's your experience with Second Bananas? Um, gosh, I feel like there's a lot of second bananas that I, I have loved not realizing that they're second bananas. I'm not the best at identifying a second banana because, you know, everyone's important to me here. Uh, no one's in the shadow oh, of anybody. Wow. Fair. Okay. <laughs> Love it. Well, we, we will help you to become yes. finely tuned as to who is in the limelight versus who deserves the limelight. Yeah. That's what we do exactly. around here. We That's... judge. We strive. Yeah. Hopefully okay. in a positive there's banter, way. There's, <laughs> there's historical accuracy. There's historical inaccuracy. There's ponderances. We, we're all over the place with it. It's yeah, great. We love it. <laughs> we love it. Right lo- some, sometimes I do a voice or three. Um, sometimes I goad Wes or Craig into making a voice to see what happens. Sam, do you do any voices? I do voices and I will never do them again because I've done them on radio too much uh, and I'm embarrassed of okay. them. Nice. All right. Uh, yeah. Today, today we've got a nice little, cute little episode for you. So um, good little episode. A good little, a cute little, a good little episode. episode. A cute little episode. Um, I just, I want to say, I do want to loop back around to Sam's Bernie Sanders impression, but we'll get there. Oh, we'll yeah. get there at some point. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, uh, I kind of gave Sam a short list and this was the one that she mentioned she liked the most. Um, and I, Great it's pick. a real easy Great episode, pick. honestly, it took me like about a day to put this together. Um, but there's a lot, there's it's a lot of it's short, a rich vein to mine. Yeah. But short life, short lifespan. Well, is helpful. It's true. It's true. I think <laughs> well, this uh, subject lives on beyond life and death in a lot of ways and we'll get into absolutely that. uh i'm talking about sangin fall i think i'm pronouncing that right i'm gonna continue to pronounce it that way uh sangin fall was a 13th century french greyhound that received veneration as a folk saint in the Lyon region of france oh yeah english um, pronunciation would be saint, saint guinefort saint guinefort guinefort as uh it's like one a of the big there's like really every rolls off the english tongue, did, you, did any it? of you watch the videos that i included yes. in the, i like, did summary yes yeah. every video Such pronounces it differently. Yeah. yeah it's true uh, that's why Guinea i was like Ford. joe how do you pronounce this and you came out with the full french which is great yeah yeah i mean i'm assuming that's what you don't call a dog by its full name do you that's probably true it's probably like guaranteed that dog has a nickname oh Gimfall. I SG. do a French accent. Uh, Sam, can you do a French accent? Uh, yes, but if I do it, I'll get accused mm-hmm. of anti-French mm-hmm. sentiment. You don't want to get accused of that these days. <laughs> Too late. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, so yeah, a greyhound that a dog, the dog saint, as as uh, she's known, and is an actual dog. Well, that's the thing. So uh, uh, yeah, it's it's complicated, isn't it? Possibly, oh. yes. Possibly, there was a dog. Uh, because, because there were some bones dug up at one point, but 
this is also like a potential like ancient folktale that goes back way before the 13th century. We're going to get into that. I'll explain. Oh, and that folktale is called Lassie. Yes, Lassie, that classic uh, Sanskrit folktale known as Lassie. Um, is Lassie based on a true dog? Because that dog should have been a saint. That's a whole other episode. That's a completely different episode. What's that um, Trouble down to the catacombs? Uh, <laughs> how many How many people here are Catholic? I mean, I, 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 got, I got baptized. Does that count? Well, baptized. were you baptized Catholic? I think so. I'll say yes. <laughs> I went to Catholic school. I also went to Catholic school. I think High I five. was baptized, but I don't think I was. But I don't think I was further milestoned in that. I did. I got confirmed too. Tradition. So I think. Wow. Like they, they can't kick me out now. I think. How, is what how are the gifts? I heard because I, I missed out on that confirmation, and I was like, ah, oh, the gifts seemed nice. Yeah, I think that I heard there was gifts. <laughs> I didn't get to participate in them, Bummer. but there's Christmas that I get to do still. Everybody Ooh. gets that. Even Jews get that now. What? We get, we get, That's bullshit. I get Christmas. They yeah. told me specifically the Jews don't get it. No, no. We that get. was a big selling point for me. <laughs> All right. That was why well. I picked Catholicism. Uh, Sam, yeah, Sam are you true. Catholic? Uh, I was Ca- raised Eastern Orthodox, oh. which used to be a type oh. of Catholic before a schism. Even happened. spicier! Whoa. Wow, a schism! Ooh, that sounds dramatic. So you have you, you? That's interesting. Okay, do we? Do you want to get into that more, or do you, are you just like that's good? Schism. Uh, sure. Like, you, did you? Like we could do a whole episode on that. Like, yeah. Were you? Did you go to like an Orthodox church and everything? Yes. Wow. Yes, there's a very small Orthodox community here. There's like two Serbian Orthodox churches, and I went to the one that my grandfather built when he immigrated oh, here. Wow. Holy crow! Big up Sam's grandfather. Right. Building a church. That's cool. Most impressive. That's um, there, there is a small uh, Orthodox connection in the Saint Gifor story, so we'll get into that. But so, are saints like a big part of the Eastern Orthodox thing? Like compared to like, like is it equivalent to Catholicism, or is it kind of what's the level of saint love? I would say it's like saints are pretty venerated in orthodoxy. My mom has like a little icon of, of um, Mary that she uses to like help her find things, which is basically idol worship. Right. Um, I think like orthodox people are much more similar to Catholics than Protestants right, in that right, way. Yeah. Cause like Protestants are like, no, don't even no, think about other, saints. It, don't yeah, go there. Others, huh. Targets of worship are kind of discouraged, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. That is interesting because, like, I, yeah, I remember reading about Byzantine history, and there was that point where there was that group of iconoclasts going around destroying all the icons, which I don't, I think were also like some of those were pictures of Jesus as well. I don't know. I need to reread my my Byzantine <laughs> Orthodox history. But yeah, um, I'd say. I, I I think there must be folk saints in the Orthodox tradition, and then and then us, obviously there are saints as well. Um, but uh, folk saints generally, what you're talking about, um, we'll give a little background on that. Is usually a dead person or a powerful entity uh, that sort of is venerated as a saint, but not officially canonized by the Catholic Church. Um, Could also be in the process of canonization. Yes, yeah, that's part so of it too. On on the canonization track track on track for canonization funnel, whatever yeah do you think like up in heaven the saints like it's like getting tenure for professors they're like oh, oh there's a track they're like go, go. 
Go, yeah, Che uh, Guevara. Oh yeah, you got it, buddy. Yeah, Che Guevara is like I can't, I can't do any more revolutions until God gives me sainthood. I got until the church gives me sainthood. I gotta wait on that. I can't tweet anything because <laughs> I, I don't want to. Don't want to. I don't want to. Result. I don't want to ruin my canonization. Um, I think I need to publish a couple more articles to get canonized. Yeah, I wonder. Um, but yeah, um, official doctrine does consider some of those people I, uh, sinners and false idols. I, I don't know where Che Guevara falls on that range. But, so those, uh, so those are like the three categories, right? Is like a folk saint that is actually a saint that's accepted by whatever. Well, once the, they're like, accepted and canonized, they're not a folk saint is. anymore. They're like a canon saint. But you don't cease to be a folk saint. Like if somebody out in the middle of nowhere who found out about you and began venerating you as part of a, like a people's movement, a folk saint, whatever, veneration wave, and then you become like officially canonized to, to them, you're still a folk saint because they didn't really know. Do you know right, what I'm saying? Right, you're still, like, you're still a, 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 a saint of the people. Yeah, um, so like if you came from a folk saint root, I don't know. I'm not sure how mm -hmm. other sainthood works, but like, wouldn't there be other saints that maybe like people who with more power within that well, theology would be like, oh yeah, we got to give this one person a sainthood because yeah, whatever. That's I great. think actually what I was reading when I kind of was looking into this is that um, the church didn't really, the church wasn't even really like the formal, uh, they didn't, they didn't even really have like formal, uh, recognition yeah. of saints until about the 10th century and that was when they because oh, that was, was when later they, than that well that was when they sort of started having like a canonization that sort right. of like flowed through the 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 papacy before that it was kind of just like yeah if if enough christians kind of venerated this person it'd be like all right well you're grandfathered in or whatever um i mean obviously uh -huh. there's exceptions and i think like that's kind of the interesting thing about folk saints i think to me is like um, obviously like when the Rome, like, because Christianity predates like Roman Catholicism too, as well, which I think is like something that's interesting. And especially like in Europe, um, despite what the Catholic church says, there were like Christian missionaries spreading Christianity to parts of Europe before the Roman Catholic church, like started really doing that. And, um, and also I think like the early Roman Catholic church, like, obviously found saint worship an easy way to get pagans sort of on board with Christianity mm -hmm. too. So I think like that's kind of part of it is like earlier saints are often uh, syncretic figures that are like, actually it's like, cause the Romans like before when they were pagan, they would just go and conquer someone. And part of the reason they were, they were kind of like good at the whole empire thing was they would be like, Oh, you, your God is like uh Elagabalus or whatever. Like, Cool. We, we know he. We know you call him Elagabalus, but that's Zeus. That's we 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 know he's Zeus. It's okay. Yeah, like, it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, they're like and the like, same yeah, guy, basically. Like to oh, co-opt that figure and be like, yeah, that's a saint. That's a saint in our religion. You're worshiping our saint. And then they'll be <laughs> like, oh, I guess you know it's not so far off from our culture. And then they're just like, and absorbed. Yeah, yeah, absorb yeah. well, the Roman Empire, and then it kind of becomes this thing <laughs> of like again, like, and I think we'll talk about this more as like the idea of like the the saint. It just becomes a container for people's uh, needs, you know, like in a way, like mm -hmm. just like a stories too, right? Like, like the the content of a story can stay the same, whereas like whatever the story's purpose is for a community or like a person can change over time because mm -hmm. they might 
find their own meaning or adapt it or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's just like folk tales too. It's like the idea of like Cinderella has been told like countlessly through different cultures, like throughout yeah. the ages, it's hard to tell like where it first originated or which was the first one, but yeah, they all well, have like a central, like same theme. Yeah. Well, yeah, then even the basic structure of most dominant religions are like kind of reflections of each other and also containers for what the people who adhere to that religion are, like need in their lives. Right. Are or, you saying there's like a, or seek. a dialectical relationship between these things? I absolutely am. And I, I I would go a step further and say that the human or routing them through human bureaucracies, human organizations, let's say, instead, um, actually suppresses its effectiveness. Oh, because when take. we apply <laughs> human hierarchies <laughs> into these things, then they get further removed from what people actually want, what more people actually want and more connected with what a few people actually want. Yeah, because they get power from it, right? Mm. A source of power versus a source of like actualization. Well, it's interesting you could say that too, because in my research, I also noted that um, uh, famous figures often, especially certain types of figures, uh, often get venerated as folk saints after their death. Um, Like some 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 examples that I wrote down include. Catherine of Aragon, Joseph Stalin, and Princess Diana, um, which on one hand, you're like, it's like, right. oh, interesting. Like, like, how does that happen? Because like, the Catherine of Aragon is like, pretty obvious. Um, everyone, everyone knows Catherine of Aragon, right? We don't have to talk about her. Give me all. a little, give me a little um, 411 on Catherine of Aragon. No, you already know. And I, and I know, <laughs> like but I don't have to. Pretend like I'm a complete neophyte. In terms of Catherine of Aragon. Uh, well, she was named Catherine and she is from Aragon. And uh, <laughs> she's venerated as a folk saint. I don't know what else more there is so to say. So she's the Lord about of the Rings Catherine character? Of- yeah. Sure. Did she do anything cool? Was she married to Strider? Or Guys, we all know this. Just, I don't need to were talk. Were they just about- like friends with benefits? I don't need to talk about that. You guys are, okay, come okay, on. Yeah. You guys know about Catherine of Aragon. We don't need to explain for the listeners who yeah, Catherine fair, of Aragon yeah. is. I definitely of know who she's we're all on the same page. Of course. Obviously. Sam, you know who Catherine of Aragon is. Obviously, right? Yeah. Yeah. See? Yeah, we're good. Okay. I just wanted to see if you guys knew. Yeah. Uh, yeah me too. Like Joseph Stalin, on the other hand, is that, you know, was actively involved in sort of suppressing the church, but um, has been like sort of, again, he was, he's definitely a, a controversial figure and has his fans uh, still so even in Eastern the, Europe. Is fans, this going to yes. be the type of thing that qualifies something like a pop group for folk saintdom? Or like a former president. I mean, there are the, the, the list was long, and it did include like like um, Che Guevara was also on that list. Uh, Ho Chi Minh was another we've, good one, and then we've actually done episodes on a bunch of folk saints. Yeah, that's Even, you're like, probably, yeah, yeah, yeah right. Eva there. Perone was another one that was really interesting, and and Princess Diana. That like that one is very obvious to me in a lot of ways i think that one i mean obviously the catholic church wouldn't canonize her but maybe the anglican church might someday it's interesting to think that she died right after mother Teresa and completely overshadowed mother Teresa's like death or did mother Teresa die right after her Um, i just remember mother Teresa died after her yeah but i just remember it was like everyone was just still all in fanfare about princess diana i'm i'm just gonna say mother Teresa overrated that's all i'm gonna say not as much of a saint as we but is she not as a hot saint? take 
It's not that hot it's, a take. It's not even that hot a take. Yeah. It's well, less hot than my we're, well, actually my We're my getting we're getting pretty hot. far afield here. Um <laughs> that's what I we think, do. Yeah, I know. But uh one of the most interesting recent ones was back in 2017. Uh the Vatican had to dispel rumors that uh Roberto Clemente, who was a Puerto Rican baseball player for the MLB and for the Pittsburgh Pirates, they had to basically come out and say, We're not considering this guy for canonization. I don't know why you guys thought that. Yeah. But there were rumors going uh, around that he was going to be canonized as the same thing. <laughs> I haven't looked into all the specifics, but Latin America is white hot with folk scene. Yes. Yeah. That was like uh, a big part of it too. Is that, uh Latin America in particular has a love mm-hmm. for folk saints okay, to this yeah. day. Yeah. But really around the world, like it's awesome how many how many different things people you know dead and alive recent less recent objects like weird stuff objects (laughs) oh yeah i'd be interested in objects like one thing that i touched on um when prepping a little bit for this episode was just like the whole phallic saint idea of mm. like uh like an icon like mm-hmm. like sam mentioned earlier um that gets worshipped in certain cultures by certain people for certain reasons and most of it to do with like fertility and whatnot right but that's right. like a very ancient practice right these objects just hold so much power somehow um which i think is amazing yeah but like yeah like i think that's part of sanking for story too is like how this dog kind of has become a bunch of symbol for several things, but like, um, uh-huh. yeah. And the way it crosses over with some other saints, but, uh, speaking of ancient customs and, um, such, uh, greyhounds. So thinking for was specifically a greyhound. That is something that is always sort of like there. And part of that is that in Europe in medieval times, uh, greyhounds were, um, a, a nobles only animal you could not own one if you were a peasant it was there were penalties to own one if you weren't a noble wow that's me like, what or... if it was like you had a stray you had a stray greyhound i guess there probably just weren't stray greyhounds maybe in medieval not that I mean, there if, are probably are stray greyhounds now it's probably still a pretty sought after dog if there was you'd probably just you know uh, they look so go skinny. off into they, the woods and they look a like they're thing. a stray dog they look like they need some meat on those bones I mean, it depends. I think modern greyhounds do. I don't know if like uh, ancient oh. medieval greyhounds were different, right? Like how like, medieval greyhounds might have been chunky boys. They chunky boy, <laughs> chunky greyhounds. I like. I like the idea of that. What would a chunky greyhound look like? I would like to see it. This this made me like. I didn't know that they were so old as a breed. Like they're yeah, like, believed to be the first dog breed mentioned in English literature. Yeah, the Canterbury I, and, Tales and in the Bible too. Well, in the King James version, which isn't the real book. It's not. I'll take. Well, I mean, Jewish. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you guys can disagree, but um, yeah, take that. Uh, not King the real James. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and yeah, Persian. Shakespeare referenced greyhounds a fair bit, and I think that's also because his, his his patron was the crown, and I think they had a lot of greyhounds at the time. But yeah, Shakespeare famously rode the greyhound to some of his premieres. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He was thrifty that way. <laughs> Whose greyhound like was it though? Because Shakespeare obviously couldn't own it. One doesn't uh, mention who owns the greyhound that one takes. Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. But yeah, old old breed. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. So Sanguinfor was specifically 
a greyhound. That's that much we know. So that's any other thoughts on folk saints or uh, symbolism of saints before we move I have, on? I have so many more thoughts, but I'm going to oh withhold them until later. Okay. Craig, hold on to your thoughts. Hold them, um, hold them tight. Hold. But gray, greyhounds themselves aren't necessarily gray, right? Like there's different colors. I think they colors can be in different colors. Yeah. But I do picture them gray yeah. in my mind. But yeah, I know and they can be different colors. S- s- Follow up question, unrelated. St. Guineford, uh, the inspiration for Snowball and Snowball 2 in The Simpsons? Or... Those are the cats. Oh, Santa's, uh, little, helper. Helper. Santa's little Helper and Santa's Little Helper 2. Oh, yes. Santa's oh, wait, Little Helper is brown. <laughs> yeah. Brown is Santa's Little Helper 2. Is that there like post season eight? What? <laughs> Santa's Little Helper doesn't die. Then it's off Joe's radar. No, no, but doesn't <laughs> Santa's Little Helper does have kids at one point, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, wait. Maybe. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, because there's Burns like the whole episode. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great episode. Just, but nevertheless, thank you for. So I, uh, I've got the text here of the story itself of thanking for. Uh, so unless you anyone objects, I can read it now. Absolutely, I need to know. Tell me the story. Okay, so <clears throat> Ian Four belonged to a knight who lived in a castle near Lyon. One day, the knight went hunting, leaving his infant son in the care of Guinefall. When he returned, he found the nursery in chaos, the cradle overturned, the child nowhere to be seen, and Guinefall greeted his master with bloody jaws. Believing Guinefall to have devoured his son, the knight slew the dog. He then heard the child crying. He turned over the cradle and found his son lying there, safe and sound, along with the body of a viper, bloody from dog bites. Guinefaw had killed the snake and saved the child. On realizing the mistake, the family dropped the dog down a well, covered it with stones, and planted trees around it, setting up a shrine for Guinefaw. On learning of the dog's martyrdom, the locals venerated the dog as a saint and visited his shrine of trees when they were in need, especially mothers with sick children. Scene. Wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It was an emotional roller coaster. Pretty crazy, was it, right? Were there a lot of venomous snakes in Europe? I mean, enough yeah. for St. Patrick to Good drive point. him out Good of point. Ireland, right? This was right? probably before they were driven and, out, right? And that far north. And no, it would have been after because St. Patrick was like continental. 8th century, I think, or earlier. So maybe this is where they went. Like Maybe. I was just going to say, that bastard, yeah. I had no idea. Right? Why because does he hate St. He drove Jim them out of Ireland. He didn't. They had to go somewhere. Yeah. Obviously, it's, well, it's really, it's really this the whatever the the homeowner, um, the this night. night, the night, I guess that he's kind of the one responsible for getting Geenford, you know, he's venerated. Whitewa- like, well, he's whitewashing the fact that he just butchered this poor animal for no reason. Yeah, by saying, oh yeah, um, but it's a saint, it's a saint. The dog, the dog's a saint. Right. Yeah. I guess I did nothing wrong. I brought you. I mean, hey, whoa, 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 That's whoa, whoa. lots he of lots of it, cases though. He dropped her body down a well. <laughs> I mean, that seems hard. And oh. covered it with stones. <laughs> that's, that and then doesn't seem like the most ceremonial. I mean, the trees are a very nice touch, but the dropping down a well doesn't doesn't seem. Uh, very nice. Yeah, depending on how the narrative Tossed kind him of down runs there, that could sack. be you just trying to cover your tracks. As a, <laughs> right. You know, a knight who's realized that maybe he's made a misstep. That That's a hard All those martyr. days on the battlefield have maybe gotten him a little bit um, trigger happy, let's say. Well, right. just, Sorry, sword happy. It's his son. 
All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was still alive. He was definitely <laughs> enraged. He didn't even take he the was, time yeah. to look for the body of his supposedly dead deceased son before slaying the dog. But that's what happens when you assume fits of rage. The, yeah. That's probably so, take hold. He probably had PTSD from I, being in most certainly a night in the mid- middle ages. Yeah. Oh yeah. He had issues. Um, oh. So yeah, you guys kind of are just acting like this story is true. Um, I mean, I could believe it. I mean that like, I think like I, I kind of did note that like, it's such a perfect <laughs> little, like, it like it was true. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm a storyteller. <laughs> it just comes naturally to me. I can't help it. <laughs> I can't help being compelling. And so say that he comes home and he doesn't kill St. Ford, and he just realizes that Ford saved his child's life and is like, this dog is the best. Then there's no saint. He doesn't make it. Because there's no, be dead no to be mar- a saint, buddy. No, no martyr. Yeah, no saint. Gotta be a martyr. I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it well, is really you don't like... have to be a martyr. There's other ways. But it's a, it's is a fast, one fast, of, fast one track. The, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, um, That's the, whatever. Well, I think especially, yeah, I think it's just such a great, like, perfect little tug on the heartstrings. It's like, oh, there's, there's this great dog. He was so loyal, and then they thought he wasn't, and then he was even more loyal than yeah. they could ever suspect. Oh, and my it God. cost him his her her life. Sorry, it's hard. Um, that would be a hard truth. It's just like the perfect little martyrdom story of like for like knowing what like for what dogs are known for, which is being loyal and and so you're and saying protective. it's a little too perfect. Well, here's the thing: um, folk scholars have noted that uh, the legend of Sankey Fall is nearly identical to the story of Gellert, uh, a legendary dog belonging to Llewellyn the Great. Uh, a real Welsh king who has sort of been mythologized in story and song. Um, oh. instead, in the in the story of, of Gellert, um, there's a town in Wales called Bedgellert, which means the grave of Gellert. So instead of a snake, there's a wolf. That's the big difference in that one. And then Llewellyn, of course, kills the dog and then overcome with remorse, he buries the dog with great ceremony, but still hears its dying yelp and never smiles from that day forward. Wow, that's definitely sounds like it made an impact. I like the idea of a wolf. Do you know how much earlier that was? That that um, rendition is. I believe uh, Llewellyn the Great is like eighth, ninth century area. Okay, so a few hundred. So years a few hundred earlier. years before this, and in a different country. But um, yeah, that's not even the only one, you guys. Wait, there's an even older story. Uh, from <gasps> India. E- oh, from India. Okay, I was gonna say from Egypt. Not, n- not Egypt, India. Okay. Um, that story is called the Brahmin and the Mongoose, and uh, I will put my storyteller's hat back on, Craig, for you. <laughs> uh, you. The story is a bit longer, but I'd like to read the text to yes emphasize the similarities and differences. So, there once was a Brahmin named Devasharma. His wife mothered a single son and a mongoose. As she loved little ones, she cared for the mongoose like a son, giving him milk from her breast and salves and baths and so on. But she did not trust him, for she thought, a mongoose is a nasty kind of creature. He might hurt my boy. One day, she tucked her son into bed, took a water jar and said to her husband, now I am going for water. You must protect the boy from the mongoose. But when she was gone, the Brahmin went off somewhere to beg for food leaving the house empty. 
While he was gone, the black snake issued from his hole, crawled towards the baby's cradle. But the mongoose, feeling him to be a natural enemy and fearing for the life of his baby brother, fell upon the vicious serpent halfway, joined battle with him, tore him to bits and tossed the pieces far and wide. Then, delighted with his own heroism, he ran, blood trickling from his mouth, to meet the mother, for he wished to show what he had done. But when the mother saw him coming, saw his bloody mouth in his excitement, she feared that the villain must have eaten her baby boy, and without thinking twice, she angrily dropped the water jar on him, which killed him the moment it struck. There, she left him without a second thought, and hurried home, where she found the baby safe and sound, and near the cradle a great black snake torn to bits. Then, overwhelmed with sorrow, because she had thoughtlessly killed her benefactor, her son, she beat her head and breast. At this moment, the Brahmin came home with a dish of rice gruel, which he had got from someone on his begging tour, and saw his wife bitterly lamenting her son, the mongoose. Greedy, greedy, she cried. Because you did not do as I told you, you must now taste the bitterness of a son's death, the fruit of the tree of your own wickedness. Yes, this is what happens to those blinded by greed. Scene. Whoa. I like, I like this story better. First of all, I like that she gives birth to a mongoose, no questions asked, and raises it as her own. That's that's that is progressive. Uh, I also like how this one in this story, the the mongoose like does run to like his master, like, look, I killed this thing. Like that's very that's that's what I know a good pet to be. And so for me, this rings like more true or as like a, a more telling rendition of like true story, but it also seems more like a fable to me than the- There's a more fantastic element in, yeah, in the a birth little bit. to a mongoose. Yeah, for sure. And even just having a mongoose as a pet for Christ's sake. Right. Like, and what are know. we talking about here? Buckle on your teeth. <laughs> Have crazy. you seen the I, teeth on those things? Those are sharp. I, listen those guys, good pets, I, follow, not... I follow a few Russian accounts with sables for pets and uh, can't be that uh, different from a mongoose. I mean, fer- ferrets, mongoose, Sables, I mean, they all look like they would not be a uh, good Wes, breastfeeding mongoose. companion. Mongoose. I mean, is it what's, what's more dangerous, a, 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 a mongoose or a cat? Like, is there really that, like, how much worse would a mongoose be than a cat? I mean, how yeah, you're right. far on the bad side of the cat are you? Jeez. That's good. It's pretty. Yeah. How far? Like, how far like, on one this of them is domesticated, and one of them. Is, this mongoose know, obviously semi... loved this lady. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. see what the problem is here. And then, and that's the other thing. Okay, <laughs> don't the other see thing. What the problem is here. <laughs> no, it's true. I don't Between see a difference. Something adults honestly. and animals. <laughs> that are yeah. Qualified to be. I mean, this is a this is a folk, <laughs> this is a folk folklore mongoose. Obviously, right, it's got and special powers. Very very long ago, it was yeah. a different right. time, different place, yeah. cultural contingencies and whatnot. Who knows? Well, and animals Probably and humans lived closer together in those days. There was exactly. less of a barrier between us. And these Absolutely. are these are like folk tales, right? Because I'm trying to discern if there is some kind of uh lesson or moral from well, these stories. That's something I do want to talk really about. Really cleaning it. Here, here's what's well, that interesting. One was about- more moralistic <laughs> than the previous, than the original, or than the French. They hit it pretty hard, but I mean, like, I, I don't get why she gets so mad at the Brahmin because, like, okay, yeah, he like, I guess he left his son alone, but like, but he was going to beg for food. The and his, his begging tour was lucrative. He got that gruel, right? <laughs> I, I mean, think. a Brahmin, a Brahmin is a priest, right? 
Oh, or like the priest class. Yeah. Okay. So ah. if, yeah. if it's a priest that's going to beg for food, I don't know. Like what, what has this person done wrong here? Yeah. Oh, well, they right. have to live in poverty. The thing with Brahmins is like, they have to be as uh, like poor and like yeah. not yeah. have riches and stuff. Oh, yeah. So okay. they can be good religious figures. just doing his thing. He's just Brahmining. Yeah, he's doing exactly yeah. what he was born to do. Uh, and, got, and then she's yeah. like, I killed this mongoose and it's your fault. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't, I'm not buying that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put the blame squarely on the Brahmin. Yeah. I think he, I did. he might have jilted one. his like, responsibilities for greedy, a while. Calling him greedy. I mean, I will say, like, this story, the story apparently, the earliest mention of it is the Pancha Tantra which is a, uh, a, a Sanskrit animal fables collection from the second century. And they believe that most of the stories are, are obviously older oral stories that were written down in the second century. So um, pretty old story, you know, we're kind of probably getting it third hand. So I guess like whoever wrote this story down just uh, had a, a, a Brahmin friend who they, who left them to get some rice gruel and they were mad about <laughs> it. <a> grudge. <laughs> Uh huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> to pick. Um, I've, I'm seeing an, an interesting parallel in a lot of Greek mythology when the gods interact with humans that they're like infatuated with, then they take the form of animals, right? Mm. The, mm. What else? The, that's kind of what happened here. Not what happened here, but things are a little bit on the a little too close for comfort on that side of the story. But the, there is a theme there. I think that a lot of fables or like folk tales, which I believe mythology is just like a fleshed out version of. Um, yeah. Right. So there's kind of a parallel there, I think. Folklore is like the second banana to mythology, essentially, if you think about it. There you right. Go. I'm not going to, but I'll take your word for it. Okay. okay. Well, that's interesting because like normally, like when, you know, Christianity like is trying to like, <laughs> Wes was like no listeners can't see this but Wes was like you know Christianity and he did like a big eye roll just gesture, broadly like, at everything broadly, yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's kind of like they would like try and steal these stories so they could you know I guess you know increase cool. their following as, as yeah, Craig was alluding were like, to yeah we're hip we're with it we know all about the animal stories come on oh, yeah. Yeah, we got our own and all the folk legends those are already saints right and so this must have been like a somewhat of a like a I guess a prominent story that like people are retelling and not that they needed to yeah I mean not to, capture that IP not to go all Joseph Campbell but there is like <laughs> basically like uh, the Brahmin and the mongoose is kind of famous for being like right one of okay. the most traveled tales there is a variation of it in almost every culture um usually with other ant like it, dogs cats weasels bears lions right uh, this often the the evil animal that tries to kill the son is the child is like a snake or a wolf um <clears throat> and i think and it's sort of like also just the sort of the duality of even tame animals like we said like what's the difference between a cat and a sable well it really depends on how much they like you um, you know, and the and the plight of the Brahmin in extremely proto early stage capitalism. Yeah, <laughs> obviously, that's what they were thinking about mainly when they wrote this. Okay, but yeah, even uh, Disney stole this story. Uh, what? That's the the climax of Lady and the Tramp is Disney? that a rat. Yeah, uh, Lady My and the Tramp. Disney? Your Disney. <laughs> yeah. Your very same Disney. What? 
Um, Lady and the Tramp. Yeah, so our rat sneaks into the the deer's uh, nursery and Tramp kills the rat, but then the rat kind of like runs away and dies behind a curtain. So they come in and they are like, oh, you attacked our son. But then Lady finds the rat. And that, oh, yeah. un, unlike I barely the, remember the rest that. of the stories, Disney, of course, took out. They didn't they didn't. Tramp did not become a folk saint because he lived. But um, he got he got he got a better deal in some ways. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Wow. cool yeah. OK. Yeah. I'm just interested in what you guys thoughts on like um, sort of the the way this story kind of like again, like how well it transfers and i think that like it it makes sense that it transfers because i feel like a lot of people in in a lot of different places in the world have literally had situations like this where they falsely accuse someone of something and then after it's too late they're shown to not have done that thing but actually done a really good thing and it like totally makes sense that like an angry guy in the military <laughs> would kill his dog <laughs> i don't know coming out strong you. I yeah you. <laughs> and then and then kind of struggle to find an expression of that remorse yeah you know a, and if a, anything i think this guy did pretty well like achieving sainthood for you know obviously whatever maybe it's not a real story it's true it's you true. know what i mean like if that's the case if you take it at face value like creating a saint out of your dog that you accidentally killed or you killed out of uh, misunderstanding yeah or yeah this, or even if it's a pretty not good tribute to the freaking dog right even if it was not real then whatever man he went viral he was like well this is sam sam makes a really good point i think this might be the first entry in the shooting and crying genre of uh of military lore you know where the a soldier kills a bunch of people and then gets real sad about it um very very right. very classic classic genre um yeah. heightened by uh the israel israeli film industry quite a bit of course man's um, best friend yeah man's last kill oh wow <laughs> yeah this I, fall pitch it pitch it um Christian bale is the owner of saint guinness but yeah it's like like you said like there's just something really like both recognizable about this story and also like it makes it feel good then sad then good again you know mm-hmm. but uh game four seems to have struck a chord um with the the French medieval peasants around Lyon, because um, uh, in the 1260s, Inquisitor and Dominican friar Stephen of Bourbon wrote a long treatise warning of the dangers of idolatry and superstition called De Superstitione, which is Latin for the superstition or on superstition. I don't know. I like the superstition better, but... Or maybe Latin of, of superstition. Uh, Latin experts don't correct me because the superstition sounds way cooler. Um, so no correctus, Joe yeah. Stillwellicus. De nada correctus, Stillwellicus. Uh, yeah. So so Stephen's writing this book in the 1260s, and he's like, "Hey, like I went to this town uh, in Dombes, which is near France." Um, and while hearing confession, many of the peasants mentioned that they'd um, carried their children to the grave of Sunkin Fall. And that was when Stephen started figuring out, he's like, oh, I never heard of Sunkin Fall. I wonder who that is. I wonder what kind of saint this person is. Then he found out it wasn't a person. It was a dog. And he was what? not a fan. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, um, you know, I will. I will say like, Wait, because so, he was like an he was like a dogs, no dogs in heaven type guy. 
yeah, he he didn't believe dogs went to heaven, which is, I mean, you know, he's a, he's an inquisitor. Uh, he's a friar, so it's kind of his I, job to seek out heresy and get rid of it. Oh, is that the job? Cool. Well, an inquisitor, and, yeah. And so is this no. was this um, sainthood more legitimate within the canon until this point? I don't know. I, I don't think it was. Or I th- he was I, just shutting it down as like, what? what is this? This well, is not... So this is the thing you can't be worshiping dogs over here. So this is the thing there was there obviously like canonizing a dog would have been pretty controversial even back then. Um, But there were some things going on that Stephen also might've had good reason to object to. Um, So he describes the process by which um, they would, you know, uh, so basically sunking for had become this sort of patron saint of sick children after like the whole thing where, she saved a child's life. Yeah. Um, but what they would do is they would go out to this burial site, the well that supposedly Gimfor had been dropped into where these trees had grown. Um, so Stephen describes it as a woman would take her sick child to Gimfor's burial site and leave them naked on a bed of straw with candles burning on each side of their head. Oh, that's uh, dangerous. They would not return until the candles had burned out. And several people told us that the candles burnt and killed several babies. Oh, no. Other children were <laughs> devoured by wolves. Oh, no. <laughs> well, you have to leave them unattended or it doesn't work, Joe. <laughs> and let the wolves defend the baby from the candles and then come back and accidentally kill the wolves, make them saints. You got yourself yeah. another. And the cycle continues. <laughs> Well, here's the thing, guys. Cycle that's continues. not even the, that's not even the last of it. Uh, there's one more thing. Uh, if the child survived the night, they would dunk it nine times in the river. Nine times. Nine times. Yeah. And oh, only nine... then, only then was the child cured. Because nine is like a was like a symbolic number or something. It was like a powerful number, I assume. I didn't write any of that down, so I don't. Okay, because I read something of like they would pass it Sam... between the tree trunks nine times. Oh. I don't, I don't remember that interest. Yeah. Yeah. Probably both. Yeah. Yeah. Sam was kind of nodding her head at the nine thing. Do you have some, some insight into number nine, Sam? I know that it's like a biblically significant number, but I don't know why or how. Yeah, I, I also yeah. think seven, seven is. And I've heard seven is like the yeah. saintly number. I mean, the only thing I can yeah. think of is nine is like, yeah. if you turn the six upside down, then it's a nine and six, six, six is the devil. So nine, nine, nine must be like. Ultra God. Super badass. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like I feel like like six, seven, eight, and nine all have some kind of Ooh, biblical significance. Um, I don't know. I would actually again bring leaning on the Jew thing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, well, like uh, every letter Hebrew. There's a, a numerology tradition in Hebrew because each letter of the alphabet has a number obviously like in the similar like most alphabets like it's the order that they go in but um a lot of words if you it's interesting like there's some deliberate i don't know if this is like a backronym thing or like like there's certain words where if you add the word for like life and tree together you get like heaven or something like that it's very interesting and like um I, I think like obviously just like numbers doing that stuff with numbers is just kind of cool. Yeah. There's so, a branch of the Q conspirators that are super into the numerology and it's well, speaking so wild of like, people just, those. like, I think like we, we kind of talk about this, like, like this kind of had to be found by an inquisitor who was like traveling and hearing confession. So like, 
it's one of those cases where like we talk about a lot of the folk saints are from like communities that are kind of abandoned or marginalized, I think is like a big theme with them. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there are a lot of like revolutionaries and sort of people who like Diana, like people who tended to the sort of marginalized groups, um, especially healers and stuff. They're sort of like the classic folk saint archetype. And I think like um, there is something about like um, sort of this was like the, the sort of, nearing the end of the medieval period when like the church had lost a lot of legitimacy and like there was plague, a vacuum yeah there was a vacuum plague mm. had started to sweep the land and people the church just wasn't providing answers for people and that comfort for people in the we way need some to. to believe in and mm. like that's what q is right in a lot of ways like especially when people do the number Absolutely. stuff or the 5d As consciousness start questioning yeah. the apparatus yeah. And the superstructure of everything and the different institutions. And they're like, what's a new institution that has mm -hmm. the answers that's speaking my language here? It's totally. True. When shit doesn't make sense, reach for your gods and idols. Yeah. We're self rationalizing creatures. As yeah. well, Sam, if you study pseudoscience, as you'll be familiar with, no doubt. I think that's like one of the more um, like eager to eager for yeah. validation like strains of human human seeking validation <laughs> and especially when you look at like those those far those far right idols or whatever as they are like cult leaders type it's like they have achieved like this kind of status i mean even is even beyond. on the left yeah yeah it's yeah it i mean that's fair yeah it's a universal yeah human like thing, bernie sanders sure. So yeah. now's the time that Sam has to do her Bernie. I do that. Uh, that always reminds me of that story. There's that video clip of like the girl who's like, who's like, Mr. Sanders, Mr. Sanders. And he's like, she's like young enough to be her, his granddaughter. And she, he's like, Oh, hello, young lady. And she's like, I got a tattoo of you. And just the look on his face is like, like that, like look that a grandfather gets when he's like, "Well, it's your life," but uh, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> like, it's just like I would. I would have done that to get that covered yeah. over with Saint Guinefort. <laughs> I'm thinking. Oh my god! I, I, uh, I would, uh, I would, I would maybe get a Saint Guinefort tattoo. I would, right. and if not a tattoo, I definitely want to rock like that stained glass, like whatever a paw print mm -hmm, with yeah. his paw on the snake's neck. Hell yeah, yeah so we're cool. gonna you, listeners don't worry there'll be links in the description you can you can check oh, all yeah. this shit out at but yeah um so steven was not just like again not necessarily just being like hey this is some heresy he was like hey you guys might have killed some babies um and to be That's fair like not good. Uh, at the same time the like this was the yeah. plague times and like it's not like these people could just take their kid to a hospital you know um, yeah, they were really searching, like, yeah, grasp, grasping at straws, basically, to save their kids. And, like, if it works with one kid, they're like, hey, it could happen again, you know? Yeah. Um, I think, like, Stephen did kind of note that he he specifically decided not to prosecute them for heresy, which was good of him, I guess. Um, but he did have, it says here that he had Gimfor's bones dug up and burned with all the trees that had grown around it, which... Not cool. But that's interesting that either they found some bones yeah. on that site and they were like, this is a dog, this is dog bones, we're going to burn them. Or that was made up to make the story seem more legitimate. Like, you know, like, obviously he's the source. So 
Right. Or other people had started burying their dogs and dead things there as a <laughs> or tribute accidentally to the... killed babies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or like, yeah, it might be like kids' bones. Like again, we don't know. Kids Obviously, bones. this was, you know. I mean, also, yeah. I mean, in the villagers' defense too, Stephen the Inquisitor probably had his fair share of baby's blood on his hands. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah for sure. So Absolutely. I mean any Stephen stones or whatnot. Like... I will okay. Well, Stephen did describe Well, I mean, that probably works in his favor, to be fair. <laughs> Stephen did describe <laughs> the slaying cool. of Gimfar as unjustly killing of a dog so useful and characterized her death as a noble deed and an innocent death. So I mean, even Steven was like, this dog fucking He's charmed. You know, like he, I think he understood. You could why. see the appeal. Yeah, that's fair. That's a, that's a, sounds like a pretty level headed inquisitor. Um, and yeah, I think, um, uh, there was also some, some, some scholars kind of like some of the articles I read kind of noted talked about like this was also the period of like changeling babies and like that kind of right. stuff. And like, um, right. sort of basically like, being like, well, this was how they basically euthanized kids who were too sick or that they couldn't take, they, they did not have like a village like that wouldn't necessarily be able to take care of and didn't have like an orphanage. And not that that's like right or wrong, but what it does is it, it creates this ritual, which sort of uh, takes the, the sort of like uh, the accountability and it sort of ritualizes oh, yes. it to be like, it's in God hand, God's hands. Now. Yes. Whatever happens, this is in God's hands. This is in Sankin Four's hands. And if, if God wills it to be so, it's like a ritual that allows you to be like, I, absolve I, I need to I absolve, absolve someone of the, whether, whether or not they, right. You know, and again, if this is a sick child who might die anyway, if they've got the plague or if they're like, you know, like, so something's going on with them that just can't be cured. Um, it, it allows the parent to sort of like let them go in that sense. And, and, and again, it's not like, it's like nice right. euthanasia. It's like, it's like, well, yeah, I would say it's nice because it's probably like a lot of those, any of those, whatever conditions we can think of now that you might not recognize until whatever your child's like a toddler or starting to develop, you know, brain functions. And then like, you can think of like, these could just be autistic babies. It's a changeling. Leave it outside. And we'll see if Leave God wants it, it to survive or not. Yeah. yeah. So you can think yeah. of how many kids might have. Yeah. But yeah. 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 Changelings. But yeah. Um, and the other interesting thing, I think like it's, it's kind of funny. Like obviously Stephen came in, he was like, no, no, no. I have to teach you dummies what a saint is. But uh, there were reasons for these villagers to sort of assume uh, a dog could be a saint because Again, there were some, there was another, a couple, there were a couple other saints that were associated with dogs and sort of like, um, and one of the big ones was St. Roch or St. Rock, um, a Franciscan Rock. monk who was like, he was specifically like a plague saint, which is like a sort of like a back when the plague, like the bubonic plague or whatever you want to call it was like a big thing, which was this period. Um, cool there time. were a lot of, a lot of saints who sort of like were people who either died of the plague or like tended to those who were dying of the plague. So St. Rock was one of those. And he was like tending to infected people in Rome and he started showing signs of the plague. So he was driven out of the city to die, but a dog, a, a greyhound specifically a nobles, they say a noble, a dog belonging to a nobleman. So it could have been a greyhound in this story um, would bring him food and lick his wounds until he, until he lived um, and so there is sort of this 
potential crossing over of like this, that maybe some of these peasants were like, Oh, that's just St. Rock's dog. Like he's so, why wouldn't she be a saint? You know, like mm-hmm. it's this dog. Um, it was the dog of a saint tried to save the saint. Yeah. And, uh, Interestingly enough, um, Saint Rock was also known as a saint, uh, a, a saint of the wrongfully accused, and those who were being persecuted for crimes they didn't commit. Um, okay. Same with Saint Christopher, who, in the Eastern Orthodox tradition, Sam uh, was de- sometimes depicted with the head of a dog, and they think and- the reason for this is because he was a Canaanite like the biblical land of Cana, Canaan, and they just mistranslated the term to Classic. mean a guy with a dog head, which is a thing in, like that. in mythology as well. Um, yeah. And yeah, while I was researching that, it made me think of this thing from English medieval law, which was like um, this term, uh, caput gerat lupinium, or may he bear a wolfish head, which was basically when you were like, when you were an absolutely heinous criminal, it was basically like the king was like, anyone can kill this guy and there's no repercussions. So he better get the fuck out of here. Cause, um, and that was basically like the, the way of basically making someone either go away or making sure they got killed. So I think it's interesting that like, there's also these saints. And again, like this is what I'm talking about when I talked earlier about like, things becoming associated later because obviously we're talking about this almost a thousand years later and people have had all these time to make these connections and stories and stuff and kind of backtrack and retroactively apply them. Um, but it is interesting that this, these, all these saints that are sort of like known for being wrongfully accused of heinous crimes are like given this dog, some kind of dog thing. And that's also like a, a way of describing someone who's a complete outlaw. I just thought that was an interesting connection. That's all. Yeah. I didn't know that rock was the, uh, I guess the patron state of rock, the wrongfully accused. That's yeah. That's a little too, um, that's too on the nose. That, I mean, that's a that, big thing for saints too, right? Like a lot of saints are wrongfully accused of something. Right. Um, but to be the saint of the wrongfully accused. Right. Yeah. Is, yeah. Well, and again, little, who knows? That's a little too Disney for me. Oh, I see. Okay. You're finding it. It's, well, it's that's, not believable. It's not that's believable. what I'm saying is like, maybe this is one of those things where it was like, he got that way because he was associated with game four, right? Like you don't, it's hard to say because like, oh, it's so old, okay. like you, you don't, because these things but, kind of get passed down and that's Ford part of wouldn't have become game Ford when he was with rock. Like no, rock but like, have, r- r- both. Oh, like later rock became because he was so well, it's hard to say because yeah, okay. rock would have been a bit later like the 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 13th century i think around just like oh. there would have been overlap but they wouldn't have been like you know they would have been started to be venerated as saints around the same time so it's it's hard to say right so All yeah right. i forget that these people don't really live as saints it's only after they die they become saints in most cases in most cases in most cases yeah yeah think that like it's interesting how there can be saints associated with dogs but once you are a dog like suddenly you you can do many wrong things and can't be a saint unless you're a folk saint because yeah. like it's been debated whether or not animals have souls right. and can go to Which heaven in like a yeah. lot of christianity it's like yeah. yeah obviously they have souls yeah the human obviously yeah. obviously we're going to be in heaven getting bit Pure. by mosquitoes it's going to happen <laughs> <laughs> 
the human, human, like the human supremacy, um, idea is definitely ingrained into almost every religion. Not, not every, sorry, but most like major religions. Right. I think there's only a couple that it's like, actually Mm -hmm. all of life is equal and we're a part of it. Yeah. And it's very much not the top five with the exception of maybe, I don't know, a couple of like Eastern. It depends on the, the sort of like sect, but yeah, I think that's a really good point too is like, and like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think like also like Gein four is like a dog. Like I think you think like pets, like dogs and cats, especially like, those are the ones people are going to have an issue with the church saying they don't have souls. Right. Like I said, like, you know, like as much as whatever, whether or not you want to debate a mosquito has a soul, people aren't attached to mosquitoes. So it does when way. it sucks the, your blood. It's and sucking we, a bit we of don't have that same relationship, which is understandable because a mosquito is such a different animal from us. Whereas like dogs and cats, like we're, we have so much overlap and like, we can recognize their emotions. We can recognize their, their emotions yeah, and all that stuff. Totally, and like, yeah, yeah. like I think, I think that's just what really interests me about this is it it comes back to a lot of those feelings of like the 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 relationship between humans and animals and like like how much we consider them like us and not like us and that is like the central tension especially if you go back to the 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 mongoose story it's like that is the central tension in the story it's like well this pet has always been good to us but it's a wild animal right like it's we don't know mm. and then like you can't totally like dismiss the worry that it's gonna uh, that, that a dog might or a mongoose or a cat might get violent but at the same time like you love them and like and people can be like that too i think you so know that doesn't that blurs the line even further for years mm-hmm. and years afterwards <laughs> the missus and i sat around wondering where did we go wrong with that mongoose <laughs> could have traded it so that's such a good addition to the family <laughs> we would have never expected well, I think they went wrong when they killed it by mistake. That would be my my theory. Bastard. But yeah, I guess it doesn't help that the, the popes will keep flip-flopping on if animals have souls. It's like, we can't make up our minds. Has there yeah. been like an snip, ex-cathedral snap, snip, snap. on that? Or on, is it always, no, well, I know Pope Francis, the last pope, he was... The cool pope. No, wait, not, not the current pope. I think the pope before this pope. Benef- Benedict? Was that Benedict? Okay, yeah. no, maybe it is. Oh, so the current one is Francis. Yeah. Okay. So I think, I think he's that. cool with Benedict was animals. the Nazi youth pope. Okay, he, I <laughs> don't think, was cool with animals. Oh, no, no, it was Pope, uh, not Benedict. John Paul? No, I don't think so. Pius, maybe? Pius would have been, like, before John Paul, and John yeah. Paul was pope for, like, a long time. Yeah, I think Pius was, like, animals definitely don't have souls. No dogs in heaven. But this current pope is like, yeah, dogs hey, in heaven. We don't, we don't, hey, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I'm just God's intercessor. What do I know? <laughs> Doesn't let credibility, but I I like the idea that it's not a finalized discussion. Well, here's a question. Does the Pope's dog shit in the woods? No, I think he shits Abs- in the Vatican. <laughs> shits on a or, yeah throne of gold like inside the vatican <laughs> is that uh, do you think animals yes. in the vatican are toilet trained like do you think absolutely absolutely yeah with like the charles <laughs> mingus handbook of like how to potty train it's, your cat this is concentrated evil coming out the back of you <laughs> <laughs> they have like a little like i just like the idea of like the pope having like 
the cart like carrying things the curia yeah. or whatever and then they have oh, yeah. the, their social media person their wardrobe person and then the their, dog their, handler. their animal handler who's like yeah 100%. trying to get their trying to get their name on like a, a like a caesar milan dog blend or dog food blend or something <laughs> but i'd also like to think they have a sense of humor and the pope probably named their yeah, dog something yeah. like in saint guinefort or something like <laughs> imagine if the pope did that Cheeky. that would be a great scandal <laughs> the pope named their dog guinefort oh but uh speaking of of further guinefort things um despite steven's work um the 16th century uh the protestant church as it sort of emerges in europe is like yeah that game for thing that's pretty messed up you guys see what these catholics are doing over here they're like worshiping dogs as saints like pretty nuts right that's what's wrong with the catholic church and uh the catholic church was uh. like yeah actually you're right that that is pretty messed up and we don't agree with that um probably a little bit embarrassed that the the protestants were like hey look at these guys <laughs> but yeah uh, yeah, and then even later, 1826, uh, there's a letter to a local bishop that people are still basically going into the woods in that area, and they would knot yes. tree branches together uh, to cure fevers and stuff like that, especially their children's fevers, and they would pray. Um, and this was kind of a note that was just like, hey, they're still doing this. Like, this, did you hear about this? Um, and then 1879, a folklorist does a bunch of research on St. for and is like, yeah, I found all these knotted tree branches in the woods. And everyone he interviewed was like, yeah, of course, thinking for is a dog. Um, Cause at this point there had kind of been that, well, is, is it a human with a dog head? Is it St. Rock? Is it St. Christopher? Like it could be all these things, oh, Okay, but a lot of people in the area. And then, so it was reported to a doctor in the 1940s that someone had visited sinking for's wood to, uh, try and cure their child's sickness like basically make a pilgrimage so they're no longer bringing the children out they're just going there and praying which i think is a, a you know maybe even if it doesn't work it's can't hurt it, right toned it down yes this is i like that it couldn't be stamped out couldn't stop the church of Geefort, cult of game for yeah we'll I, mean, I think like the, grassroots movement you might yeah. find that like people who believe in sinking for wouldn't consider themselves cultists or in a cult no. so i'm not gonna be like you're in a cult I but like I would, that's yeah. what the church would call it is the cult of a folk saint or whatever right. sure cult um, is pretty subjective i guess yeah i think especially in this case when you're not talking about someone like separating people from their communities and like it's it's sort of like a different meaning yeah more like like a cult of personality kind right. of sort of thing which you know, if there's a cult yeah. for being well, poor, I'm right? there. Like, this seems like I'm going. definitely a step above, <laughs> or at least a more wholesome, like cult that you can, you know, get behind. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Pour me some of that Guinefort Kool Aid. Yeah, yeah. and uh, there is actually one more clip uh, link that I'll include in the description, and it is a 42 second video of uh, uploaded by YouTube user Alex Litvak. It is a parade in honor of St. Game 4 in San Francisco in August of 2021. So uh, maybe it's a little bit ironic hipster stuff, but people are <laughs> still uh, remembering St. Game 4. And if you watch the clip, you can actually see that someone's made it, taken a big banner of that like stained glass image of Game 4 from the website. And some people are wearing like, oh, yeah, costumes. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Pretty Ooh, cool. they got a brass band. Yeah, they got a brass band. They got stilts people. San Francisco, baby. There's a <laughs> yeah. cutout of Game 4 with like the Saint Halo. So it's pretty dope. 
Okay, it's still going. Still going strong. That's great. Yep. That has some I want do you know if duration. the site it's you know if like where the supposed site was, if that's like uh Dombes near Lyon. So if you ever visit Lyon, I wonder if there's like a cool Dombes and ask around. Yeah, maybe there's like a statue or a one of those benches with like Saint Gainfor's name on it. That would be really cool. <laughs> I'm sure For- there's at least something further research is needed so uh yeah uh last thoughts anyone have some further thoughts i'm in the cult i'm yeah, in the cult is, too i think it's definitely a cult i get probably i definitely i want to do some artwork of one of those like little stained glass uh st Ford. i would like a t-shirt actually or maybe maybe like a little icon that would be pretty cool yeah that i could help me use to i don't know if, if someone's if, if if Wes if uh, Edwin yeah. ever gets sick, I'll bring over my little Sangi Four icon. Okay, well, I'll take. How about I'll take him out to a tree trunk, <laughs> then then you can meet me at the lake when <laughs> yeah I'll douse him nine times, and then hopefully it'll be good. But do you think maybe my final thought is that I think it would be beneficial to other um, species on the planet for sainthood to be opened up to them so that people start associating them more with things that shouldn't be fucked with as readily yeah and then i mean not that not that everything can't be fucked with but all of certain things shouldn't necessarily be fucked with to the point of them not existing anymore because we're probably going to miss them in a bit um and if that's what it takes to kind of cordon off at least a little bit of it so it survives sainthood it is and folk sainthood i think is just kind of a badass idea in a way because it's kind of like a popular um yeah just like recognition recognition of something that's meaningful for people in their community whether it's actually i don't know like the best praxis or if it's just like kind of an indulgence I think all that stuff is kind of acceptable to a certain degree, as long as it doesn't go toxic, <laughs> which I think it some can sort very of easily idolatry do. can certainly do. Yeah, as I think we all know, but, you know, let people like things. Well, okay, here's Enjoy the question. Uh, if we're opening up sainthood to um, to all, all creatures, big and small, um, Sam's cat is literally behind her right now yeah um, looking very Performing adorable a, a baptism ritual if i'm not yes, mistaken yeah, <laughs> baptizing herself um uh, so kitty. sam if lucy sorry I, yeah if your cat lucy became a saint what would she be a saint the patron saint of um i think she would be the saint of jumping on a hot oh, stone no. oh my gosh oh, <laughs> Because, you know, like, that's something she tries to do every uh, day and occasionally succeeds at. And she learns her lesson. So there's kind of yes. like a moral uh, there. Don't try this again until tomorrow. Yeah. But that's also like the, like, <laughs> what's his name? Um, it's like an it, Islamic Icarus. poet or mystic. Oh, okay. Sort of like likens God to like the flame that a moth is drawn to as well. I think there's Ooh, a little bit cool. of like fascination mm-hmm. with what with the the all obliterating principle is too. Fascination yeah. with something that... You can't ever have a fire flame. Interesting. Yeah. There's a low. Okay. Yeah. 
And I mean, Lucy is Muslim because all cats are Muslim. So oh, it checks point. out. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. I didn't know that's that fair. either. That's a cool fact. That's also interesting because I I I, I have a, a tweet in my drafts that I haven't sent yet that says, um, uh, all cats are straight, all dogs are gay. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not sure. I was like, I'm, I'm like, I don't think that's right. I think, I, I think, I, yeah, I don't think that works, but, um, yeah. But, but the Muslim thing checks out. I have seen yeah. my cat stretch towards the east. <laughs> that's true. Numerous occasions so, per day. Yeah. Uh, Craig. Always if, doing ablution like she is right now. True. She's cleaning yeah. herself so she can pray. Exactly. Okay. There so they're go. more like prophets than saints. But, um, all right, Craig, if you're, if, if Ronan was a, was a saint, what would he be the patron saint of? Um, the patron saint of indulgence. Mm-hmm. I can see like kitties. He likes having his food and his doing what he wants to do. <laughs> he loves I indulging say, himself. I I think I've mentioned this before, but I would be hard pressed not to take a house cat's life. It's it's not too bad. Oh, I I thought you meant something else. I, like, like, dude, I, would, I'm like, I would kill. I'm gonna kill, kill a cat. I mean, no, no, no. Come back. Like, get away from. That's, I want to be reincarnated as life. a house cat. Yeah, like I feel like the the like the thing about dogs is like they have a good life, but they're constantly so worried. They're dialed you know, I think like there's up, just yeah. like they're dialed up, and there's always a they they always have to like they put a lot of them. Whereas cats, it's much more like, yeah, all right, okay, cool, very cool. We're cool. You go. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. Go. And you're just like, all right. And it's delightful. Yeah. I mean, I, I like that's I don't really understand. I maybe I've brought this up before, but I don't really understand the whole cat cat people, dog people thing. I yeah. just don't I, get I, it. I, I'm not I, I would say I follow I could I could easily be both too. But there definitely are people that are like, no, cats over dogs or dogs over cats. But I, yeah, I, I, I could I could see myself being either a dog or a cat owner. I would love whatever animal yeah, was dropped into too. my lap. I would love whatever. Totally. Yeah. But having but, a dog wouldn't make me be like, oh no, I'm a dog person. Like this right. is an exclusive or No, no, yeah. I, I don't think like that. But I do like right. my preference is cats because specifically because it's like, well, you do your thing and I'll do mine. And when when our thing overlaps, it'll be great. Whereas a dog, it's like, what are you doing? What's your thing? That's my thing now too. Like, and yeah. that's that's an that's an energy that I I I I, I have a hard time calibrating myself too, is all. Yeah. yeah. I admire dog owners, but I'm not. I'm it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's more yes. work for yeah. sure. I feel like with, with cat people and cat owners, they're more open to other animals than dog owners generally. Like dog people are very often like hardline dog people. Like they fucking hate cats. But cat people are usually yeah. like, I yeah. can I can groove with any animal. I agree. It is yeah. really, really, mostly I the do, staunch dog owners. I yeah. agree too. And I think it's because it forces you, being a dog owner forces you to make your life revolve around the dog. Mm-hmm. Because that's yeah. what the dog is doing mm-hmm. with you. The dog is revolving its life around you, but it also kind of demands recipro- reciprocity there, right? Like you can't really go on a vacation and not make sure that the dog has someone to take care of it or like you bring it with it with you or something right it's a it's an immersive experience whereas having a cat you have like a, a friendly neighbor and an automatic feeder and you could go away indefinitely arguably not that you would necessarily mm-hmm. would but you know what i mean Which like is the amazing. cat's gonna be like oh you're back 
and it's mealtime. And then like gradually, maybe like it would start integrating you into its daily routine again or whatever, but it's not like a, like this all or nothing um, arrangement, right? A dog kind of definitely demands. Right. I feel like uh, Sam will have to have you back once we find the episode about the cat saint. We're going to have to look up some, if there's any cat saints. Oh, oh there's got to be a ton of Egyptian. Like, well, we just made two, or, obviously. We just right. canonized two, two, two folk <laughs> yeah. saints. Hey, tonight, I've got it. So that's great. I was just actually looking at some, some uh, just animal things online to see if any animals could maybe possibly make it to sainthood. And. <laughs> I feel like the closest other animal we've got to becoming a saint in recent men- memory is Harambe. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Harambe practically made it. Like, I think for all purposes, Harambe is like a folk saint. Yeah, I completely agree with yeah, you on that. I do think you're right. There were people yeah. writing Harambe in on their val- ballot for the 2016 election. <laughs> like, enough that it was statistically significant. So... Oh man, Gimfar, Harambe, Lucy, Ronan. <laughs> we, we're all starting. Up there. We're starting a whole menagerie of saints. So uh, get on board, everybody. If uh, right. you know, if you have a pet or a beloved animal, uh, reach out to us. Tell us what they'd be the patron saint of. Uh, yeah. Send us a uh, an email: secondbananaspod at gmail.com or we're the number two bananas pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find me. I'm at uh, toad underscore rat on Twitter and at stop Joe now on Instagram. Wes. Oh, you can find me. I am on Twitter at Wes Walcott and Instagram. Wait, no, I'm at Twitter at W two dubs. I'm at Instagram at Wes Walcott. Craig. Craig. And you can find me in the back garden on a hammock. Oh wait, did I already do that one? No, nope, you're still did. there. Hey, I'm still good. there. It's, it's a good. good place to be. It's a good so, place to be. Yeah, Sam, um, do you have any plugs? Where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Ugly Blender, and you can find me on Instagram at Jean Paul Blartra 420. It's like oh Paul that Blart is... and Jean Paul Sartre put together if you need to learn how <laughs> to spell it. A fantastic Twitter handle. That's a good. I'm good jealous of you. that Twitter oh, yeah. handle. <laughs> So yeah, um, any 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 plugs? Anything upcoming that you want to plug other than your Twitter and Instagram? Nothing at all. Sweet. Uh, all right. Well, thank you everyone. Thank you Sam for coming on the show. It was great. Yeah, to have thank you, Sam. Thanks. Uh, it was, was great, great to have Lucy in the background, and uh, we'll see you all next time for another episode of Second Bananas. Bye. Bye. Folks. Bye.